0: Your attention, please. Here is an announcement for all staff psychologists and psychiatrists. Those wishing to study the conversion of number six on the hospital's closed circuit television, please report immediately to the hospital common room.
1: I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own.
0: They're frequently dumb, but they're sometimes astute. They're always emphatic on a degree absolute. They're breaking the prisoner right down to the root. That whole TV show on a degree absolute. If you like lava lamps and weather balloons and whack-ass inflections from Patrick McGoone, Chris and Glenn made a podcast. Degree partial, it's a degree absolute. absolute. Glenn, Chris, I'm going to open this episode in somewhat unconventional fashion by uh, answering a listener question. Good, excellent. We make this podcast using standard equipment. Mm. Unit-containing quartz crystal is activated by a variable electromagnetic field <laughs> from these high-voltage condensers here. You need to say it much slower <laughs> Glenn,
1: <laughs> and enunciating much Glenn, clearer. Yes, go ahead.
0: The crystal emits ultrasonic sound waves, which are bounced it off does. the parabolic reflector here. I'm sorry, uh-huh. here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The focal point of the reflector can be seen here by use of light waves.
1: Yes, good. This is good. This should take another 15 minutes. I will now minutes. demonstrate yep. the molecular
0: turbulence at the focal Save. point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to interrupt me so I could interrupt you.
1: Yep. Uh, anticipation. Yes, yes. That takes so long. It's like a little <laughs> TED Talk, and I love it. I love everything about it. I love that it is just a waste of time. It's a bunch of fetishist falderol. That uh, is just meant to demonstrate the village's advanced technology. From
0: from Angela Brown with an E, and she earned with that e. that silent vowel on the end of her last name. One of the few women actors on The Prisoner to speak highly of Patrick McGowan. Apparently they, they had a good experience working together, said she.
1: That is good to hear. She brings a great energy. I love everything about her. We'll talk about her, but like I like that she is coming from a place of uh, confidence and knowledge, which, and I don't think it's because McGowan uh, has mommy issues per se, but he does react better to women who are older than him mm. in, in this series.
0: Which she is not. I mean, she she isn't, and she but doesn't present
1: that way. She's bringing an energy of mm. just lived life, and she's not going to be. She's not going to put up with his uh, misogynistic mm-hmm. claptrap, even though he inflicts it upon her several times in this episode.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's why she not once but twice, Glenn serves him milky tea when it is Very a milky. matter of record that his tea preference is is, is what
1: tea with lemon. Yes, I know. Great u I, missed it, I, missed, really I underrated missed it the YouTube first time, song. but I, I got it now, yes.
0: You know, better late than never. I'm glad you, you uh, picked up the thread there because in 1966, Patrick McGowan, yep. star of the long-running TV spy series Danger Man, resigned at the height of that show's popularity to create a new series about a spy who resigns from government service and wakes up in a mysterious, inescapable village where some residents are referred to only by a number. Surreal and provocative, silly and pretentious, ahead of its time and innately and unambiguously and lava lampedly of its time. That short-lived, yep. long-tailed series was called The Prisoner, Glenn. It was. Was it?
1: Y- y- you are yeah. right in, in your saying that it was called The Prisoner. Yes, yes. I don't well, know yeah, what more yeah, you, you know, want from I, me at this no, moment. No, I mean,
0: the, there's, there's some potential for confusion here because in its initial run in the UK, it was called The Prisoner, but once imported a year later to the United States, it aired under the title The Prisoner.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. This is an elaborate. It's, it's the uh, subject Danger of Man's this podcast. Of,
1: okay. Okay. Good. Ahead, go ahead. I'll let you go.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. You've All got,
1: right. you have got it like a sprung trap that I've just, I've just stepped in the middle mm-hmm. of. So
0: yeah. And already you're, already you're wary. You are like number six himself. Already you are catching on to my, um, my suspicion
1: is, is a manifestation of aggression. Yes it my, is <laughs> my contrivances
0: Yes. Oh man, this episode I don't know if there has been one where I've identified you <laughs> as clearly as I do with the personage of, of number six. Okay. Here. So yeah, right. so let's uh let's get on with it. Let's not be rude. With it's welcome everyone to the private personal by hand punch card driven podcast, where we take the prisoner, we take this unclassifiable and unforgettable <gasps> Television series, that was a That's few it. seconds what too do we do? early. Glenn. What do we do, Chris? We push it. Yeah. Like John Cusack and Billy Bob Thornton on tin. Okay, excellent. Excellent reference, six out of six. Good pull. We file it, like a case that only Mulder and Scully could solve. Sure.
1: Yeah, I didn't know. I, I mean, I... So, solid, solid work, Chris. Okay. Four out of six.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: We stamp it. This is this is the turning point. This is the fulcrum upon which this entire bit turns.
0: We stamp yes. it Like yes, at a time when I got out of prison. Okay. Second time. What? Tell a lie. Third stretch. Yeah. Oh third. my God. There was this screw, what really had it in for me. This is and Logan Two Lucky, years isn't after it? I got sprung, I seen this geezer. Oh my God. In a park. Feeding bloody pigeons. I could have come up behind him and (laughs) broke his fucking neck. What was he feeding? What was he feeding? Bloody? What bloody bloody was he feeding? Was it pigeons? Bloody pigeons. (laughs) Feeding bloody pigeons. Could have come up behind him and broke his fucking neck. Womp. But I didn't, because what I thought I wanted wasn't what I wanted. In life, you got to make a choice when to do something and when to leave it. When it matters and when Uh it don't. Uh Bide your time, and everything becomes clear. That's what prison teaches you, if nothing else. Bide your time, and you can act accordingly. We stamp it like that, Glenn.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that a great deal. I enjoyed the performance of it. I enjoyed the commitment to the bit. Uh, I enjoyed the pull. Uh, six out of six. What What? What more can I do? Is, it, can I do 12 out of six? Is that possible? Uh, I do it. I We're just, doing it I, now.
0: I think you have undergone conversion therapy. I don't know this generous and, and forgiving Glenn the Who, the who's accent now speaking to me.
1: The accent went around the bend, <laughs> kind of visited lots of spots across I'm saying the world. I didn't have enough <laughs> it rehearsal time. had a whistle stop tour of Europe, but <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. I can. I appreciate <sighs> the commitment. The commitment, Chris,
0: is all. Awesome. I'm, I'm fully committed. I don't know how you could think I was anything yeah, well, else, or you should be. Glenn, we index it like a stack of lined, sharp edge three by five rectangles, each one containing notes for one scene of a screenplay. Okay, I don't get the reference, but I, I,
1: I, I'm I, confident that you do, okay. so I'm going to okay. give that a five out of six, just I, I, so based on your confidence. you've never read Sid
0: Field, you've never read your William Goldman screenwriting books, you've oh, never man. read... Like, which one... I mean, one of us has been training for this career their entire life, Glenn. You, yeah, you've got a screenwriting,
1: <laughs> like... like...
0: Okay. Degree, right? Yes. Okay. Do you not? A, a degree. Yes, I do. It's a, it it's is a, a degree. Uh, <laughs> it, that, that is a degree partial. That is a degree, a degree somewhat. That, okay. that is a degree willy nilly. <laughs> it's, it's not the other kind of degree that we're, we're coming to. I have no idea where you're uh, talking about. Degree absolute, Glenn. It's okay. Not, okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Spoiler. Okay. <clears throat> we brief it. Mm-hmm. Like, can we get a Mac Weldon sponsorship for this goddamn podcast already? I mean, we have the Mac Weldon right here. Right, well, he is 50% yeah. of this show, fairly salivating to endorse your mail-order underwear, which has naturally microbial silver, like, that's a anti, thing. Anti, anti, like, if it had,
1: if it had yeah. microbial silver, that would
0: be troubling. It has
1: anti-microbial silver. What did I say? You said microbial silver, which... Okay,
0: nope. well, Gross. They, they haven't no, hired us yet, that. but if they did then, then <laughs> the intro would be would be one sixth easier than than it is. <laughs> this is uh, this is Mac Weldon waiting to endorse Mac Weldon. Think about it. Yep. Sponsors. Okay. <sighs> okay. Well, I, I set myself up here and now now I'm not sure I want to do it because you've been so nice to me so far. Oh boy. This is this another you're gonna you're gonna immerse
1: yourself. You're gonna use your tool
0: we debrief it like the Wayland yutani Corporation Conducting a somewhat adversarial interview With the warrant officer who is the sole surviving crew member Of their cargo vessel Nostromo Which after being, she claims, infested there by a go. hostile organism That gestates okay. inside a living human host And has concentrated yep. acid for blood She's set to self-destruct before boarding the lifeboat Narcissus And putting herself into hypersleep Only to drift in deep space for 57 years Before her escape pod was intercepted We debrief it like that Okay
1: uh, this feels like a coming home for you. It feels like, it feels like we we are back in your one. <laughs> when you, you, you're doing How dare the, you doing the, Lo- the Logan lucky thing was, it was a risk. It was a flex. It was a weird flex, a good flex, uh, uh, an impressive flex, but this feels like we're just, we have, uh, we've arrived back home on your tuffet, are <laughs> Miss Muffet and you're back home on your tuffet and all uh, uh-huh. you're eating your curds and whey, everything is fine. So yes, I'm going to give this a two out of six because it is not <sighs> a flex, but it is somehow comforting. We number it like Count Von Count, Glenn. Okay, well, that's easy. I mean, that's... I mean, yeah, because yeah. of
0: its simplicity, and I think I might have <laughs> used it... Uh, six you, of didn't. Six. you didn't. Okay, you didn't. You haven't. Right. No, right. the only one of us who's been guilty of duplication so far is you when you stole my null coward, which yeah. was a oh, well. null cowardly <laughs> thing of you to do, Glenn. no cowardly thing of you to do, yes. I, I, uh. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so, so even though we're like 20 something, minutes into this something now, bl- well, I have such a blithe
1: spirit. See, that's it took uh-huh. me a while to reach uh-huh. for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> something, something, <sighs> blithe spirit.
0: Well, we're going to talk McGuins. We're going to talk McGuffins. Yeah, we are. Our inquiry into this still perplexing document is not of a degree volatile. No, it ain't. It is not of a degree fluctuant. Uh-uh. It is not of a degree unmutual. Bitch, no. What is it, Glenn?
1: It's of a degree absolute. <laughs> See, I hit the T at the end. Right the end. on. Right on. <laughs> The prisoner is framed and accused of a serious crime. The sentence is a change of mind. Public enemy number six, if you insist. But public enemies cannot be tolerated indefinitely.
0: The ultrasonic beam is now focused on the exact link point of the frontal lobes. Now to step up the voltage until the ultrasonic
1: bombardment causes permanent... At last, a mind free from fear or favor. A mind that will reveal all its secrets. But to whom? Stupid woman, she'll ruin everything. Don't have a change of mind. Be sure to watch the next exciting episode of The Prisoner.
0: Of mine. This is the, the, the Dirty Dozen episode starring the Dirty Half Dozen. The Dirty Half Dozen? Explain that to me. Number six. But, he's yeah, he's but, the Dirty Half Dozen. He's the unmutual half dozen. Why? And it the in dirty our sequence, this episode? is the 12th oh, sure. episode. Even though okay. uh, uh, Alex Cox, past and future guest, friend of the show, <laughs> Ripple Man Autour. You're going to say friend of the uh, show a lot, aren't you? <laughs> I, I am. I, I'm going <laughs> to say it until it's true. I sent him the link. His episode. We'll see. He puts this one ninth. Okay. Yeah.
1: He also puts um, Once Upon a Time like fourth, which doesn't six Sixth. Any sense. Which, which Sixth. was the
0: production order. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's the production. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It can't mm. go, because he's about to have the entire village explained to him at the end of that episode. It doesn't make
0: any sense. But, My dream is that this show gets a Mack Weldon sponsorship, and uh, that Mr. Cox comes back, and you two can can have it out on this it issue.
1: I, I really like his theory. It is a very essentialist theory that discards a number of things, um, including an entire episode. But uh, I like the idea that it makes it work in a linear way. Um I also miss some of the allegorical, um, what is a term for this that is not, uh, that is polite that we can say this, this gesture I'm uh-huh. making.
0: Glenn, Glenn is, uh, making a, a gesture. It's not the one from Tenet. Um, yeah, it denotes, monkey spanking, chicken choking, uh, mm. self-pleasuring, yep. Um, yep. Self pleasure and or self abuse. It is it is described in, in both ways.
1: Depends if you're Catholic or not, yes.
0: I, I, I am or I was mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I and I do, Glenn. So uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say self pleasuring there because come Good on. Good for you. Let's, Good let's for all, you. See let's all, how much you see how far you've come, let's as all it were, let's all so lighten up. I Damn. yes. Look at I, you know. This is the first episode we've recorded where I have to hold the microphone with with my hand the entire goddamn episode. And uh... listeners, he looks like a beastie boy, and I love everything about it. <laughs> I
1: love everything about this look of Chris. Good. No, I don't He's have to baby. tell you
0: about my He's... my grip strength. Let's let's move
1: on. <laughs> there uh, is no sleep, till Brooklyn. <laughs> All right. So uh, a change of mind. Uh, it starts with the same villainous. Q and A we always get, which I I mm. noted at the beginning of this of this series, Chris, the uh, beginning of the, this podcast series, because I thought it was unusual that they would go to this default voice. Yeah.
0: But this is what they—it's the default voice. They no, R- Rietti is it we should actually break it down numerically. Time. Yeah, I, I think there are more canned Robert Rietti uh, uh, Q and As than there are you know actual guest number two. Although this for the second episode in a row here, I'm going to ask. Why don't we get John Sharp, whose E is an error, by the way? He's credited as Sharp with an right. E, and apparently that's that's incorrect. Angela that's Brown's incorrect. E is right. John Sharp's E is wrong. Yep. But um, he's he's unctuous. He's oily. He is is thoroughly unappealing. Completely absent the the charm that we've we've gotten from most of the prior number twos. Uh, and, he and even is
1: bringing you some serious creepy uncle energy, and there is a needling, whispering unsettling aspect yeah. to his affect and he bugs his eyes out which is he he's does. the
0: first number two to really do that
1: so john sharp it's tough to get a lot of information on this guy there's not one of those lengthy sections on wikipedia of him about like his personal life although one can impute or infer. yeah
0: i actually i want to interrupt you about that when you were talking about patrick cargill which of course was the week after we were talking about Peter Wingard, Mm -hmm. and you you went into his personal life uh, subsection of his wiki, and you said no citations, and I realized only later that you meant there were no citations in the wiki entry for the source for all of these anecdotes, and not like the cops never cited him, (laughs) because it was following Wingard, who did have uh, several citations citations and a few citations. Bless him. Bless him. He lived a life,
1: (laughs) did John Wingard. But uh, it's harder harder to... I can't Peter believe Wendgard.
0: that you would misname the creator of Hippie and the Skinhead, Glenn.
1: Yeah, right. That was, <laughs> that was a thing. I don't think John Sharp had that level of creativity in him, bless him, bless him. He spent a long time on All Creatures Great and Small. He appeared in The Wicker Man. He appeared in Barry Lyndon. He hmm. was, for some of us who who uh, love the film Top Secret, he was the Mater d', very small part, but a
0: very Oh, I didn't remember that. Part. I mean, I, yes, yeah. very seminal part. I, I did watch, um, during the whatever period of, of life it is when, like heterosexual boys, or I don't know. I, I don't know what became of, of Adam Ranson. You know, I haven't been in touch with him in many years, but when, like, boys were having sleepovers and drinking root beer floats and watching Top Secret over and over. Mm-hmm. It was that chapter, Glenn. So it's, so it's been a while since I've gone back to Top Secret.
1: So you're talking about the dude with the incredible body, the incredible 1980s body, like the, the golden boy, that guy? Are you talking about talking Val about? Kilmer? No, I'm talking about the, the British guy. What's his name? Nigel.
0: Oh, from what? From Top from, Secret.
1: Ah. Uh, you don't remember that? Hopefully
0: no. That's all I remember from no, that movie. <laughs> I just, but I mean Val Kilmer was a handsome blonde guy at sure that sure time. I mean that was that was two years before he was Iceman.
1: Yes, it was. Yep. And
0: uh, all right. but there was so, also so a, to you a the beautiful, handsome blonde dude in Top Secret is not. He had Val Incredibly
1: Kilmer. curly hair, which is not cute because it was a He had he had a, he was a greased up um, uh, blonde. Muscular dude in a loincloth. It's hard to wow. forget that guy because it was a riff on Blue Lagoon. They were doing a riff oh, on Blue Lagoon, okay. which I right. which
0: I would not have seen. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the uh, ballet dancers with the erections. Uh, sure, and, uh, sure, and I remember the pinto gag. And the, Love pinto, the gag. pinto gag.
1: Do you remember the uh, uh, gay anal sex cow gag? That was a that was not a... at all. Okay. Do you remember the anal intruder gag?
0: Yes. Okay, good, I do good, remember good. That. good, good. So good. this confirms that we were at least watching a VHS cassette of this procured from Blockbuster and not the, like, USA Up All Night <laughs> <That's> uh, <true.
1: laughs> version. That's true. And do you remember uh, the guy, who, the actor from Downton Abbey, the guy, the old guy who played Benson? What was his name on Downton Abbey? The old guy who played... Uh, you, you got me. He played uh, the French guy who said, Don't take it so hard. Life wow. is filled with its little miseries. Each of us in his own way must learn to deal with adversity in a mature and adult fashion. Then he sneezes in his hand, looks at his booger, <laughs> and jumps out the window. This show uh, is there a back. Criterion yeah. collection? Is it in the Criterion <laughs> collection
0: yet? It should be. I mean, Michael Bay has two goddamn movies in the Criterion <laughs> yeah. collection, so yeah. so yeah. The Top Secrets of Zucker Brothers, right? It is. Right. It okay. Is. So so get on that
1: Criterion. It's lesser Zucker, but it's still
0: separate. right no it's it's no ghost but uh <laughs> it's no it, ghost
1: all right so that's john sharp he, not a lot to uh, to know about this guy uh, except for like his his very you know very linear imdb page not a lot about him in the world out there um i i would like to suspect that of the number twos in the village of which many have gone to the eagle as opposed to the therapy zone i like to think, <laughs> I, I suspect and i'm basing this merely on nothing except the way he says females and <laughs> stupid woman later. Not all gay guys are misogynistic. That's a, that's a really mm-hmm. regressive stereotype, but some of us are. Um, and um, he would fall into that particular
0: huh. noxious. No, you you didn't. So that's your reading. Yeah. I, I mean, I thought maybe just like Ketro incel type. I mean, oh. one could say who could say, who can say,
1: I just think there's something about this guy that uh, puts him in my camp and I don't, like that particular section of my camp. <laughs> Put him in a tent and leave them off at the side there. Anyway, yes.
0: it's it's not the part of the camp that has the homemade uneven bards and the homemade heavy bag and the uh, which I'm I'm so glad that that comes back for two scenes this episode, Glenn. Some of those scenes are duplicated, right? I, I think that's exactly the same thing as uh, yeah. Hammer and Anvil and what was the yeah. other one where the, where the Koshow is stretched out over two two episodes and <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's the same same bit of recycling footage that we we already have. Except there's a, there's an elaborate. It, it must have been uh, the prior episode that was borrowing because we have two fight scenes in yep. Number Six's home gym. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, uh, the first of which it comes at the very top of the episode where he is accosted verbally and then physically by Number Sixteen and Number Sixteen. I'm pretty sure really? both of are these you sure? are... I'm not 100% sure. I was really... One of them, it was hard the to see. The penny farthing makes it hard pad. to see sometimes. Yeah. A 16 could look like an 18. Right. All I'm saying, 16, which again... I would love it for them to be 16 and 16B. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, they certainly have that kind of energy, don't they? They do. And again, I understand your suggestion that the numbers reflect the value of their pre-abduction knowledge, not their relative status now that they are all villagers, but, 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 but. Most of the goons have been firmly in the middle 200s so far, and these guys are, at least one of them is a 16. Which yep. makes him a very highly valued goon who shouldn't be just sent out there in the woods to uh, to get his cl- clock cleaned I, twice.
1: I don't think they were sent. I think they're just
0: bullies. They're just bullies. They're just jerks. I think they're I think just, they're just yeah, yeah. Training for
1: the big break? Why not use the village gymnasium? Huh. Perhaps I prefer privacy. Now that could be taken as being antisocial. Some setup. Keeping it all to yourself, number six. Not at all the action of a public minded citizen. Now, this is basically you on the Rock Creek uh, outdoor <laughs> exercise course, right? This is basically just you being until, accosted uh, by. In, until February
0: shirts. 2020, yes.
1: What's it called? It's like Fit Trail, what's it called, that thing?
0: Paracourse. Paracourse. But what they were made in the 70s, and they have... Paracourse. Yeah. And... Are they all falling apart? They must be all falling apart. Right? Um, they're pretty well maintained. They've been, okay. uh, which again, go. pandemic was what, uh, well, surgery then the pandemic finally got me to buy one of those at-home pull-up bars, mm-hmm. which, to my great surprise, is still still standing after 14 months. But, um, yeah, because I, I haven't used the, the community... Rock Creek pull-up bars since the Mm. pandemic started, but... Paracourse. So he's accosted
1: by these stripy goons. They accuse him of being antisocial, and they say the committee will want to hear about this. Mm -hmm. Then later they'll say, wait till you hear from the commission. So which is it? It's the same scene. You can't say it's the committee and the commission. And then finally they go to the town council. So it's committee, commission, council. Uh What what are we... Like, it's pick a
0: bureaucratic line. Is it a committee or is it a commission? I I don't know that that part rings very very true. I mean, what's the agency that's responsible for law enforcement in Washington D.C.? Glenn. Okay. Well, this is this is not fair. What you're doing here. I don't know. (laughs) Why would I know that? So I'm saying it's like it does not matter how many years you live in Washington D.C. Like every so often you will see a new uniform, a new insignia, a new police car, kind of police. Yeah. Like what the hell, like. Yeah, the postal police, the really? You know, the. <laughs> yep. that's, I, I know that USPS has their own. Yeah, the scares, but there's a. Yeah, but I mean, it's just a kind of a scary thing now that mm-hmm. in the wake of the, the Capitol riot, how easily someone could impersonate a credentialed law enforcement official in mm-hmm. the district because there are dozens of agencies that walk around armed and badged. And this is a tangent, but I feel it very deeply. <laughs> you recognize it as a talent tangent but you none of it. them however walk around in horizontal striped sweaters which flatter no one no that's no true No one looks good in those although the the no guy who uh, like by way of mocking number six after he he jumps off of his uh you know gymnastics bars to, to confront the guy one guy like jumps up and grabs the bar like he's gonna do a pull up and mm-hmm. then seems like oh wait Pull-ups are hard, yep, yep. and also pull his belly's kind of kind of flopping out under his stripy shirt. It's a not flopping. Like... This is you. This is your fat chumming. <laughs> I will not permit this.
1: <laughs> you are a very fit person, and you are not allowed. You're not allowed to say a person who was perfectly in
0: normal shape mm-hmm. for 1968, mm-hmm. probably by this point. Right.
1: Uh, right. Like no, you can't I mean say in the, in the, in the, in the, the
0: out. same way when you point out that John Sharp had a long tenure on All Creatures Great and Small, I would never be like I don't think it was All Creatures Small, Glenn. Okay. All right. All right.
1: Okay. So there's a bit of business where,
0: <laughs> or that when he's required to run up some stairs near the end of the episode, it is obviously it's a not double. him. It's not <laughs> it him. It's not, not <laughs> him. We know it's not him, Chris.
1: Let's get over this. Okay. People, people pray are continue. In very different ways, as God. I, I as God made this. them, Chris.
0: No, and I and I will tell you, someone's physical appearance is no predictor of their physical fitness. I have seen this demonstrated over and over and over.
1: So, number six goes to the town council, as he is uh, instructed to do. Uh, There's a bit of business where number 93, if he's not going to break out into a sea shanty, he should, uh, (laughs) confesses his antisocial behavior. I am inadequate. I am disharmonious. They're right, of course. They're right, of course. Quite right. Quite right. I'm inadequate. I'm inadequate. 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 Disharmonious. Disharmonious. I'm truly grateful. I'm truly grateful.
0: Believe me, 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 believe me. He's got this
1: great piping tenor as he speaks, and as he confesses his disharmony, disharmony,
0: you you kind of keep disharmony, Kareen, yes, maker of kids, you think he would
1: sound great, like pretty harmoniously, and like I, I'm inadequate. <laughs> so, yes, he's got this piping tenor about, believe me, believe me, believe me. And then he has a very emotional reaction as he's leaving. He's crying, which the look of disdain on Six's face as he passes by him. is <laughs> <laughs> So, like, yes. yep, yep, yeah. you were in the right Six. There's no
0: crying in baseball.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no crying in uh, socialist uh, representation of <laughs> blah, 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 blah. So then, he goes in front of the council, or the committee, or the commission, who can say. And this committee commission council has a very large <laughs> remit, because they're also scheduled to meet with someone who's depressed, who's always crying. So what are, they, what are they about? They're not really about crushing rebellion, per se, or anti-socialism. They're really about punishing anything that deviates from the mean.
0: Yeah. Anything
1: that makes people feel a little weird right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense what they're about.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's a kind of a support group uh, vibe to some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly when I, I'm entirely unfamiliar with the history of 12 of step programs, which let's be clear. Back in, I the am, 50s, I am, okay, in the Okay. All right. Well, and, and I am not mocking that in any way, but um, standing up saying your name. I, I have an addiction problem. I have a, There's a, there's kind of an echo of that, right? Where the unmutual has to stand up and in front of their peers and confess to Mm -hmm. their unmutuality. Right. I'm going to tell you, I think
1: this episode would have worked a little bit better for me if he felt like he was caught up in the gears a little bit more and, like, he didn't know what was going on. Like, it kind of genuflects towards Kafka, but doesn't really Mm -hmm. go all in on the Kafka. It's kind of caught between the middle. It's more Orwellian, where it's not nightmarish in the way that Kafka is. It's more... um, progressive and and almost it's less surreal than Kafka. That's what I'm trying to say. It's less surreal right. than Kafka. It's more dramatic, more uh, straightforward. It's a little more Orwellian. I think we needed a little bit more of that Kafka fright slash dread for the ending to work because the ending kind of comes out of nowhere.
0: But we'll get Yeah. To- was Checkmate the one with um, Ernie, the guy who, who was, no, it was Dance of the Dead. No, Dance of the Dead is the one I'm thinking of, where the guy, Roland Walter Barthes. Dutton. No. Dutton. 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 Okay. Yeah. Dutton.
1: Dutton. Roland Walter.
0: Dutton. I talked on that episode about how I, I really believed his fear and dread, like his awareness that he was going to be lobotomized. Whether or not they ultimately killed him didn't matter, because he knew they were going to mutilate his mind first, mm-hmm. and he just... He knew there was nothing he could do to avert that. He had already spilled all his secrets, and they—they they didn't believe he had nothing left to tell them. Right. And I—I I felt his fear and just the the sense of foreboding emanating from that, hanging over that that entire episode in a way that I, I just didn't hear. You know. Yeah. And and I think what's missing is, Maguin never seems afraid, right? He is always huh. defiant. Sometimes he he plays up his defiance in sort of a childish way like when he's you know drumming on the counter of the house and stuff to show that he has i I don't want to accelerate your plot summary here but he has dumped out the drug tea but he's making a big show of just walking around his apartment hitting things which is a weird way to to demonstrate (laughs) your aggression i mean that really is a toddler having a tantrum kind of uh, Mm -hmm. response if he's afraid of being lobotomized we never see it and I think that's a real weakness. It's a real. Threat. I
1: think that's an excellent point, Chris. Because the times when the stakes get raised have nothing to do with six, because he's not in the scene. The times when the stakes get raised is when number two says, and she, if she does the wrong thing, he will lose. We will lose him. He will lose his mind mm-hmm. and taps his tap, taps his temple alive. <laughs> so <laughs> none of this is actually about six. It's all of the stake raising is happening outside of him, and I think that's yeah. a very good point. So, Six rips up the questionnaire he was asked to fill out in the waiting room. Oh, God. Everybody who's ever been asked to fill out a a form in the waiting room feels like, yeah, bitch. (laughs) I I hate this. I hate this filling out this form. I take it you have completed the written questionnaire of confession? Of course.
0: Not true, that is a not good moment guy. for a musical sting on the score after he rips up the, the intake form. But the sting we get is weird. It's like a harp. It's like, yeah, there's Brumming. a whole lot of weird music you know, this a, thing. Yeah it, yeah, it is like when we cut to the shot of the banquet table laid out with fine meats and wines. and like, It's that cue. <laughs> but all he does yep. is rip up a piece of paper.
1: <laughs> yep, because he's a loner dot, a rebel. Uh, and then he gets uh, spun around uh, uh, sitting on this chair as he answers uh. the council's questions. There's some weird ADR here. The dude in the top hat, who's supposed to be the council leader, is not the one asking the questions. There's a voice on a speaker. Yeah. Which we would naturally assume, if we had not seen the show before, that
0: that must be number one, right? Because yeah. he, he mentioned that it's, uh, like it's that's number two's problem. And, and we're back in that uh, that circular room that has the unoccupied... High chair with the eye behind it. Yep, 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 yep. And so we would
1: assume that's number one. Of course we would assume. That's what I assume, but that's apparently not what we're there to He's He's the tallest assume. top hat,
0: and yet yep. not number one.
1: Uh, so over the course of this interrogation, we learn that uh, Six is not there to defend himself. He's there to confess, and then the committee, council, commission... Breaks for tea, because they're <laughs> British. That's <laughs> a common complaint around here, isn't it? I
0: would counsel discretion number six. I I understand whenever you talk about the the tea break, I know that that is you laying a trap for me. You are trying to lure me into yet another alien's anecdote, and it's not going to work, Glenn. It's not going to work. Okay, I literally don't know what you're talking about, but I dread what is about to happen, so... Just, Just awesome, awesome story about James Cameron throwing a fit because he didn't understand that at Pinewood Studios with the British crew, you know, tea time is like 10 and 2, and it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of shooting a scene and you've just spent half an hour filling the room with smoke that's lit just the right way, and... At 10 a.m., the door's going to open and all your smoke's going to go out. doesn't matter what's happening because it's tea time. Hmm. Uh, this, this is a well-documented directorial outburst and also uh, slash crew revolt. It's great. It's great. Okay. He should have known that, right? Shouldn't he have known that? I mean, he was an indie filmmaker who had made one movie before that. He came out of the Roger Corman school. Where, you know, even if you're the star of the movie, if you're not in this shot, you are helping to move lights and things. So, you know, he what was just different... What does it tell you that
1: his AD, his likely British AD, did not tell him that? Expect X, expect Y. What does that tell you about him as a person? Sorry, are, are, you, a are,
0: are you asking me what Derek Cracknell didn't tell him, Glenn? Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, yes, no, I'm... so. Um, this, is,
0: this has been well documented.
1: I'm going to guess uh, Derek Cracknell, British, right? Cracknell.
0: <laughs> Cracknell, come on, <laughs> Derek Cracknell, oh. of, 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 of the of the Leeds Cracknells. Nationality essentialist Glenn. Of the God, Southampton Cracknells. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was a rocky relationship, Glenn. Okay, I can imagine. Okay. So Anyway, not going to fall for it, no matter how many times <laughs> you mentioned tea, <laughs> tea uh, trolleys and uh, uh, whatever. See, see, see,
1: <laughs> evaded my fiendish trap. Um so the committee breaks for tea, then he gets, totally, as he's walking back to his apartment, he gets iced Beautiful down. Beautiful day, a 61. Tally-ho is, top lines this big opinion poll, but there's really no opinion poll involved in the kind of banner headlines of yeah. that. A, that the committee hearing continues, which is a terrible headline. <laughs> I would not read that
0: article. Yeah, <laughs> like that which is. I, I mean, this is your once daily at noon publication. <laughs> yep. and, but like, when did this meeting start? <laughs> it's like things go on, <laughs> breaking further investigation still happening. F- for number six.
1: Yeah, and so number three confesses disharmony. Although I would say very piping tenor, it could really be harmonious. And then number six nice. for further investigation. So really, only one actually piece of breaking news. The rest <laughs> is more like twenty-four hour like monitoring the situation. Back to you, Bob. He goes back to his apartment. Number two is eating biscuits in his kitchen. Uh, I would say mm-hmm. nibbling biscuits, mm-hmm. nibbling like tiny chipmunk bites. Um, yep. Now, again, I, I, I would it would be wildly out of bounds to infer or impute about his sexuality based on the way he eats biscuits. But I mean, he's got this. He's <laughs> he's got this vibe. I'm just saying he's got this vibe. Okay,
0: right. And you're you're again. You are you are getting that from the way he is eating his, um,
1: I mean, he's British, so everything's complicated. Right? everything's complicated. Everything's <laughs> complicated, yeah. but, like, you can't tell. I can't tell from Europeans, right. I can't tell from British people, I get confused uh-huh. a lot. Public enemy number six. If you insist. But public enemies cannot be tolerated indefinitely. Be careful. Do not defy this committee. If the hearings go against you, I am powerless to help you. Uh-huh and then enter a woman this is not gonna go well this is number 86 this is angela brown with an e i love her energy i love her she has no fucks left to give
0: they didn't hear from number six when he was like hey 86 the women would you <laughs> that's
1: that's terrible i enjoyed that okay so uh, she tells him that she herself has run afoul of this committee, and she's here to give him advice on how to conform to community expectations. She's basically his lawyer. She's basically telling him, you know what? Wear a suit, mm-hmm. shave, hide your prison tats. Just, <laughs> just You're going to go up against these people. It's very, like... Uh, the Chicago 7, like, just, just, just yep. could you, could you maybe get in
0: <laughs> What three words are we not going to say, General Zod? <laughs> First,
1: your frivolous attitude towards the committee, most dangerous. Uh, the hearings are televised. That is why your behavior is so important. You stand before the entire community. The social group is your one hope. No. Fortunately, I, too, have been attached to the group. Most fortunate, yes. Oh, please, you must try to cooperate. I will. Join in with the group spirit. Naturally. Only they can help you with the committee. Not uh, His first task is to join the social group because only they can help him with the committee. and. Yeah, before, the any, medical, before, before the medical. Before like, the medical. We're going to bring you to I, the
0: social group and then we're going to bring you for medical examination. I don't understand what's happening here.
1: Yes, if there was any ever doubt that uh, number two might swing in my direction. The way he says females at this point is <sighs> like, okay, all right. Emails. Times if that woman makes one mistake, we could lose number six. Did you hear that? We'll lose him. It's not. It's not a good look. But <laughs> um, if that woman makes one mistake, we could lose number six. You get what I mean? Lose, and then he taps his temple. It's his right temple. He taps his right
0: temple. <laughs> okay. It's okay. I know you, you've you already confessed to being partially colorblind, so uh, I, I understand.
1: Also, also, whenever I say left or right, I have to kind of make a little L with my left
0: hand um, <laughs> because I, I, I still don't uh-huh. have it. I'm
1: 53 years young, and I still don't know
0: left uh-huh. right. a, lot, a lot of people don't know Port from Starboard, Glenn. That's fine. So here you go. And right here is the stakes,
1: right? So if this woman, the way he says it is <laughs> truly stain. if this what? woman makes one mistake, we could lose number six. He seems a little happy about the possibility of losing number six, which is, yep. you know, one of the things that's confusing mm-hmm. about this episode. But, like, that's the stakes. They're real. It's about time. And it's about, you know, this is about a later episode of The Prisoner. This is about we are done fucking around. Pretending that we're going to, you know, he's, he's gone home or pretending that, like, everybody's gone home from the village. Yep. Like, this is about let's risk damaging some fucking tissue. I think is what this is about. Yeah,
0: no, I, I mean, they send a platoon of ladies over to start hitting him with umbrellas. So uh-huh. clearly, the the kid gloves are off. But before
1: that happens, he goes to the social group, where everyone sits around um, in this grove of trees in in chairs that don't make any sense, the directions they're pointing. It should be in a circle, but like it's all just, everybody's kind of uh-huh. catty-corner to everybody else.
0: Good, good, good. Okay. The
1: social group is trying to help the crying woman uh, whom we learn is a poet because she's crying a lot. I don't really know. Is this... We, should, we mentioned that this is written by Patrick McGowan, right? Did we mention no, that yet? No, no.
0: This was written by Roger Parks. It was directed sure by Patrick McGowan. Yes. Um, okay. And, and uh, we, we may have to come back and, and revisit this because there there is, uh, like you, Glenn, and like many of you listeners, I did watch this episode on Amazon Prime because there isn't a Blu-ray player where I am now. But And there is a Parks commentary on the Blu-ray edition of this episode, which I really wanted to get to before yeah. we, we recorded this. Parks, on the the documentary on the Blu-ray set, Don't Knock Yourself Out, he talks about how frightened he was when because this this was one of his first television teleplays. And he went on to have a very long career after this, uh, author of many novels and, and wrote for lots of other series. But this was one of his first produced teleplays. And when McGowan fired the director on the first day of shooting as he does, and replaced him using, once again, his self-pitying pseudonym Joseph Cerf. Mm. Park said he was afraid it was gonna be a disaster and his debut was gonna be all messed up, but he ended up being pleased with the the way that McGuin handled it as a director.
1: Okay, good. Um, So, while we're learning that the people in the social group accuse Six of disrupting it.
0: All right. You say you're a poet. You were composing when you failed to hear Number 10's greeting. Neglect of social principle.
1: Poetry has a social value. He's trying to divide us. His intentions are obvious to stop us from helping this unfortunate girl.
0: You're trying to undermine my rehabilitation.
1: Disrupt my social progress. Strange talk for a poet. Reactionary.
0: Rebel. Disharmonious. Rebel. Reactionary. Six
1: is participating by clapping on the ones and threes. He's clapping ironically. Yep. Um... <laughs> this uh poet accuses him of trying to derail her rehabilitation to disrupt her social progress and he is branded a rebel a reactionary and disharmonious and um <clears throat> they storm out of the social group but number 86 another reason i love her i mean i love her because of the cape i love her because of the hat i love her because of her too but she's just sitting there going like here we go again this is what i thought was going to happen and now it is time for Six's medical. It turns out he's in fine condition as this kind of weird Joseph <laughs> figure
0: um, <laughs>
1: tests his
0: reflexes. I had a little sympathetic wince when he lightly tapped number six on his invincible kneecaps with that very squishy little rubber hammer.
1: Mm-hmm. Six has an air of tetchy impatience while this is all happening. because That's, that's unique. Default. Yep. Uh, then as he's leaving, he sees some grinning men bearing the same scar to the right temple. A couple of them. Uh, they kind of, like, leer at him. Then he peeks into the aversion therapy room where... Even though his angle is not correct, he can see, apparently, both what these men are experiencing and what they're mm-hmm. looking at, which he yep. shouldn't be able to see from the door, but right. that's not a thing. We don't think about
0: that. Isn't this the same room where we, we saw people with uh, blindfolds and headphones on, like sitting on the floor and street It might be the same before, and, and, and now, right. you know, now this guy is sitting more in a dentist chair, uh, right. you know, getting Ludovicoed with... Right. This is one step down from the Ludovico technique from Mm -hmm. Clockwork Orange. It's like he
1: doesn't have his eyes clamped open, but he is watching a screen on which rovers gamble and frolic. And then we get shot. (laughs) This is my favorite part of the episode. The shot of number two sort of nodding and winking as if it's the opening credits to his 70s sitcom. And he's like,
0: turns around and,
1: hey, (laughs) it's me. It's me, number two. Hey. Yeah.
0: And then the word unmutual comes up. We we need to do the wacky sitcom edit of... this (laughs)
1: This. <laughs> this requires more skill than I have and I, I bet you have but I have not I don't have those skills but like uh, then we get the word unmutual like kind of like scrolling around like yep. it's the uh, introduction to the CBS special so the smiling man outside tells number six that he was one of the lucky ones because he was unmutual but he got the surgery he brushes his scar his scar on his temple the committee is back from their tea break. They declare number six un-mutual, citing the report of the social group. They warn him that any further infraction will have him submitted to the treatment known as instant social conversion. Yes. Then this is six walking through an empty village. He's done that before, but it seems to hit him harder. It seems to hit him in a different way now because he's walked through an empty village before, but now this time he gets a tally ho. It's the same one as before, because when we look, we we'll look at it like. We can see the light shining through it. It's the same headlines before. But then when we get an overhead shot, it's a banner headline as if war has been declared, that number six has been declared unmutual. Uh Uh, To underscore it, we get the great and good. Vanilla Fielding chirpily announcing that number six has been declared unmutual. A reminder. That's copy, please. Incidents regarding unmutuals should be reported to the Appeals Subcommittee. Thank you for your attention. You'd think he's been in this village a long time. If this was was a whole thing on mutualism, he'd have heard an announcement like this before, but he seems to have Mm. never heard anything like this before. So maybe this council, this committee, this
0: whatever the hell it is, is brand new. Again, like all of these ruling bodies, all of these technological methods, all of these premises, they stick around for one episode. Yeah, they don't. They never intersect. They never overlap. There's no echo of them after they're they're first presented and then then dismissed. The first time they don't work on, on number six. That's why I just I just cannot get into the, you know, linear interpretation of, uh, of this show. I mean, no, because because that is a like because that is so dream logic, right? Just just yep. things having no consequences, nothing connecting to anything else. Like that's, and and again, I. I like that, but I'm just not convinced that that was their intention from the beginning.
1: Sure, I agree. And uh, I think as this thing goes along, it, it leans more into the Kafkaesque dream logic. Here we're still firmly planted in the real world, or what's the, the, a, a version of it. <laughs> we learn that one disadvantage of being declared unmutual is that you lose your phone privileges. They're taken away.
0: You can't yeah. get a coffee.
1: Can't get, Man, coffee. can't get a copy. Can't get a copy. Can't make a call. Then representatives of the appeals committee show up to his door. It's abrasive Karens. Uh, they <laughs> have a they're all wearing hats, so they have uh-huh. and I'm not saying this because they're women. I'm saying this because they have hats and they're women. Mm. There is a very pick a little, talk a little, cheap, cheap, cheap vibe to them. Um and he is very short with them. He is, mm-hmm. you know, six gonna six and yep. They decide it's too premature to look for contrition from this one, so they leave, and all of this is being observed by Two and the supervisor, and Two is cackling. I mean, it's not cackling. He's got an evil yeah. glee, but it's like a chortling of evil glee. He's enjoying everything about this.
0: All right, I just said that there are no connections, really, from episode to episode, but I'm, I'm going to walk that back slightly and uh, say I, I inferred, based on very little, subtle cues. I think this number two, John Sharp number two, I think this is the supervisor's least favorite number two. Hmm. Yeah, there's I, a disdain there. Yep, yeah, you're yep, right. Yep. right.
1: Because it's that thing where you can tell when you meet a couple and one, one person in the couple is always looking at the other person in the couple and the other person is never looking back like that. Mm-hmm. So you can always mm-hmm. tell that's a tell. Trouble in the relationship. There's trouble in this number two <laughs> supervisor relationship. Uh-huh. Because you know in some,
0: some couples how one member of the couple is always looking at the other member of the couple and going, Get out! That's you know? <laughs>
1: <Yes, laughs> right. Well, it's there's all kinds of a couples. a
0: harbinger of difficulties to come.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yes, this number two is not so much cackling with evil glee, but chortling with evil glee. Um, he says it is now time for their loner to withstand real loneliness. And this is interesting territory for this show to explore because all he wants to do is to be let alone. But Mm -hmm. even he, the true individual that he is shining example of individualism, he is a creature of social interaction. But again, we have seen him on his own for a very long time on a boat, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like this guy
0: (laughs) can (laughs) deal with being alone
1: and yet, one day in, he's walking through the wood breaking twigs. Like, like breaking yeah, twigs no, performatively. He's, he's so
0: sad that um, people start you know, turn around and walk the other direction when they see him coming. He um, gives a cheerful greeting that is not returned. And that really seems to wound him.
1: Mm-hmm. Then he sees a gaggle of geese flying <laughs> in the sky. And he gets a faraway look in his eye of, yep. oh, wish would that I could be such a goose, yep. such a gander uh-huh. in this flock, in this right. gaggle. Um, which this, again, this is where
0: it should have gone right into that, that famous shot from Notting Hill where uh, Hugh Grant is walking sadly through the market as the seasons change behind him and Bill Withers Ain't No Sunshine is playing. Maybe just me, Glenn.
1: No, that's that's entirely just you because I don't know what you're talking about. But yes, yes, also that uh, I this doesn't make any sense because he's hasn't been alone that long and he spent an entire time like he's like the 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 village was abandoned. He was fine. <laughs> he he spent a lot of time on the water. He was fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. He seems like this kind of symbol of individualism. And when you try to kind of place him in this thing, like, well. He's a little lonely. He's gonna break some twigs now. Like that doesn't seem like it's a
0: <laughs> that, I, no. That is that is very much in line with the infantile display of frustration that um, you Which know. Is and the, up, and, the, yeah. and, the, and the, the one in his apartment is performative, but this one seems genuine because he's he's alone in the woods in his sanctuary. Also, I want to apologize for our listeners for uh, giving them yet another reference to a Richard Curtis British romantic comedy. I know I just can't stop. I know it's it's just Hugh Grant with me all the time notting that's right, hill right just the one four reference and a funeral and e- just, yes and yeah. i mean Glenn does call me out for it um, but but what can i say I, I love four weddings and a funeral i love notting hill i, I love them all i even like about time which many people wow, dislike or have not seen so so sorry everyone so
1: Six goes to the cafe. He gets iced out as they all leave. This, this is the old person's home. Like it's, it's, It seems like it's the old person's home, but I think it's the cafe. And then um, some very weird music plays while he's getting iced out, which is not the kind of, like, like iced out music. This is like an acid <laughs> trip music. This is one of the many weird music cues in this episode. Oh, and man,
0: I didn't mark it. I'm going to have to go back and look now because I, it's I feel not... like I'm... All right. It's, it's, not, it's not, not the, the kind of music they'd be like,
1: dar, dar, dar. it's not like that weird little bazooki yeah. thing. It's just like weird, like, it's weird. <laughs> he then returns home. The ladies of the appeals subcommittee with their hats warm him that unmutualism and the loathsome presence of it is offending the locals. That's why they iced you out today earlier. He calls them. Sheep, which is again, this is six <laughs> at his worst. That yeah. he is placing mm-hmm. himself above others, mm-hmm. and at times, the sh- in this episode, the show shares his view of them as sheep.
0: Yeah, above at cabbages or, episode, or below cabbages, you think? Well, I
1: mean, I mean, at least sheep can eat some cabbages. I mean, they eat anything. I mean, like that's a thing.
0: So he's he's being a little kinder in that regard. I still think sheep they are higher on the the food chain (laughs) than cabbages
1: this is my least favorite six when he is placing himself as the rugged individual is above everybody else and everybody Mm -hmm. else is sheep and so how and this will what i like about this episode actually is that toward the end of this episode there's a moment when that the thing that i remembered from it which is like he places himself above everybody else and the rest of people are just um mindless uh there's a level of of Nuance that is introduced. I don't think it's pursued, but it's introduced. Anyway, the appeals committee, once uh, they see him being a dick, because that is what he do, uh, they peace out. And number two calls six, telling him, "You beefed it, bro. Like they're gonna cut you. They're like, <laughs> like <laughs> this is you should you should have just gone with it." But yep. um, and there's a certain enjoyment in his creepy uncle vibe. Like I really like. I like this performance, even though it is kind of one note. It doesn't vary at all.
0: It's Um, weird that uh, Nesbitt from... What's the one with with, uh, Darren Nesbitt? um, It's Your Funeral? It's Your Funeral, yes, where he professed total ignorance as to... He and the director both said they were completely befuddled. They said he didn't know what he was doing, but his performance is so much more layered and sophisticated as number two than, than this guy, than, yeah, there's not much going on here. Yeah. I mean, it seems like sharp is like, this is, this is the kind of thing that you, in the absence of any direction you would just sort of default to.
1: Right. If you were brought in to be like the big bad guy who horns the village, right. This is what you would do. Um, there's not, there's not a lot of business. There's not a lot of, um, Nuance introduced yeah.
0: here. He should have eaten more biscuits. He should have chewed on biscuits the way Nesbit chewed on his glasses. That's true.
1: The village descends on Number Six as he steps out into his little, uh, like the little um, table, his little rickety table outside. Yeah, his, a, uh, that
0: felt like uh, again. This is this is a man who, as Leo McKern told us, can make even putting on his dressing gown look like an act of defiance. But when he steps outside. And then sits down. It it still felt like, come at me, bro. Like, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. you bastards. <laughs> like I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm cracking my knuckles, and I'm gonna crack some skulls. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
1: load my gonna load my arms like I'm <laughs> a Mission Impossible, dude. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I he I, they, you're, they w- you're talking
0: about that adorable little munchkin,
1: Henry Cavill. Glenn. I'm a talk, talk about little, the wee little hobbit. Mm-hmm. They are whacking him with their umbrellas. So here's where the allegory is bubbling to the surface. This is one of my least favorite parts of this show. When the allegory becomes like, the, oh, yes, the mindless masses take yep. him and deliver him to the authorities. They could have gone with goons. There are plenty of goons in stripy <laughs> shirts that could have, happened, they could have taken. They could have gone with the rover and the roverettes. Right. But instead, they have... The entire village frog-march him to the hospital where he is promptly drugged. Uh, the council members and some staff psychologists and psychiatrists watch this procedure on closed-circuit TV where number 86 does this incredible <laughs> TED talk about a sonic lobotomy. The focal point? Uh, it, Glenn, it's, yes.
0: we are using standard equipment. Okay. You can
1: do it again. Unit containing quartz crystal activated. Need another drink break, if you're gonna do it, it again. T-
0: yeah. <laughs> Ultrasonic side waves, parabolic reflector. It uh, can be seen here. Demonstrate yeah. the molecular tap, turbulence. Tap, tap. I love the
1: way she says parabolic reflector. <laughs> tap tap tap. I love it. I love everything about it. She is so in control. She is so over it. She is so over him. Uh, now he. For six, for six point, as he is getting lobotomized, or fake lobotomized, we, spoiler alert, he's got a really goofy look on his face. He's got this uh, very silly smile on his face that doesn't make any sense.
0: At last, to, to be relieved of the burden of consciousness. But
1: then, um, towards the end, right as we go into the act break, uh, 86 get this weird gets this weird smile on her face, and then she turns one dial down really fast. <laughs> we're not supposed to make anything of that on first viewing, right? Like that is just some weird, that, that is not meant to convey anything. I right. think that is just a thing on subsequent viewings where you kind of register, Oh, this is when she took the sound or the laser shit or whatever she did. Like,
0: that. yes. But that is the, that is the act break. That's where she is turning a, a real lobotomy into a phony lobotomy just put right. that one, one dial. Right. That's wow. It. That's okay. it. Okay. Seems seems like a dangerous system. <laughs> it does. it doesn't seem very very. Sure, it wasn't right there with that but, with uh, that dial.
1: It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up the next morning with a very goofy grin. The doctor sends him on his way. The German, very German doctor sends him on his way. So
0: suspicious you are. <laughs> How dare you?
1: And uh, eighty six is there to be his guide back into the welcoming arms of society. As he leaves, he spots an entirely different person in the aversion therapy chair with the same
0: loop yep. of Rover too. Unusual, Right. That Andy Warhol film of uh, That's <laughs> Rover. Right. It's just 48 hours long. <laughs> and, uh...
1: <laughs> he is welcomed home by number two, who says they'll have a the little chat later. Uh, 86 urges him to lie down, uh, but he notices her. Why would he notice this? Mm-hmm. Drugging his tea... With a pill that fizzes, so Alka-Seltzer. That's a risk. Yep. He then pretends to be cold and issues some monosyllabic <laughs> commands to rug. her. Rug! Rug! <laughs> <laughs> cold rug! Rug. Rug!
0: Yes, and he is presented with William Shatner's hairpiece. from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but... low angle. Yes. but... But again,
1: this is a thing. Like rug doesn't make any sense right here, right? Like, yeah. So
0: I started down this rabbit
1: hole where I was like, okay, so is is this an elevator versus lift, truck versus lorry, biscuit versus cookie thing where they call a blanket a rug? No, 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 it isn't. Just rugs, rugs are
0: rugs. And- but his language center has been damaged, right? I mean, you can see the rug and blanket; those those words are they're not they're not the same word, but they're not very distant cousins in terms what of what they What is they've... a floor thing? And what Sure, but they're both textiles. You could textiles, drape yourself under Chris. a rug if you if you didn't have a blanket or a duvet or whatever, handy, you know? To me that felt like him fumbling for the word. Like he, oh, he couldn't see, think of the is word. Oh, you are
1: forgiving a lot of a lot of weirdness for no reason because of the surreal edges of this particular show. Like that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. No,
0: that that specific instance of of just not not being able to find the words. I bought that. I don't know. That didn't okay. seem to require any any special uh, forgiveness or interpretation, you the don't part of the
1: viewer. scream rug at another person. It's not a word that you scream at another person, Chris. Like like this guy always screams at other people. glenn that's true. <laughs> I mean, when we bought this cabin and uh, the downstairs was had some deep pile brown shag, uh I did I did say to faust rug, yeah. <laughs> but that was it's different. It's not the same thing.
0: Yeah. You, you two have a have a shorthand. We do have a shorthand. After t- 20 years, is it, of both looking at each other... 20 plus. ...on a regular basis. Um, Congratulations. Okay, whatever.
1: While she's getting the rug, he dumps it in a nearby plant, his uh, drugged milky, 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 milky <laughs> tea. She leaves. Yep. Number two then shows up immediately as if he was crouched in the... Wait,
0: wait, wait. Sorry. What is number six's opinion of, quote, girls who can't make a decent cup of tea, Glenn? It's not
1: yet here. It's not yet. Oh, we're, shit. We're not I'm here sorry. yet. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm okay. saying this is, this is, True. there's a lot of bullshit <laughs> <laughs> between that and this. Number two shows up, who is right there as if he's right there in the like antechamber expecting him to be drugged because um, this is the idea. They, they drug him to right. make him believe that he has been lobotomized because they can't damage that fucking tissue. They try to convince <laughs> him that now that he's been lobotomized, all of his aggressive anxiety has been expunged shall we say forever which is a very weird way of saying that <laughs> he starts interrogating 6 over the trivia the trivia of his resignation and then 2 says that agitation is a thing of the past in the way that 2 the way that 6 says is it is it uh, it's a lot of fun. Are <laughs> hmm? you agitation
0: is a thing of the past?
1: Oh. And then we get another, still yet another delay of the interrogation. Um, and then, uh, six goes into the bathroom, rips off the, <sighs> I should have looked this up. Mm-hmm. It's, we call it a bandaid. What do they call it? A plaster? What do they call it? They probably call <laughs> it some, it's probably some <laughs> other word. Know. They don't call it a bandaid. aid <laughs> But anyway, he sees a real lobotomy scar um, there.
0: No, this is going to be a a contest. I'm I'm calling it audible here. (laughs) Listeners, send us your idea of what British slang for for Band-Aid ought to be. Mm -hmm. He is being observed
1: by 86 and by 2. 86 that it says it's strange that he already suspects. This is where we learn that they didn't actually lobotomize him because she Mm -hmm. did give him Eight grains of Mitol. Of oh, Mitol. What? Eight
0: which... grains are a thing? We measure, we measure drugs in grains? A grain is one sixteenth stone, Glenn. That's just... Is that a thing? No, is that... no. Okay, I, Okay. Not, I was
1: going to say. Not. And of course, it's very important to learn that it's Mitol, M-I-T-A-L, which is not, not a drug. Not Mitol. Not a real thing. Which... Not Mitol, not for <laughs> menstrual cramps. Although, <laughs> I mean, based on his affect, he could probably benefit from... That he is acting You're very canceled, aggressive glad. here. You're canceled. No, no, no. He's acting very aggressive here. He is banging on the table. He is breaking tea sets because that what he do. <laughs> six is going to six.
0: He's reverting to, to his his most primitive and, and yet most honest self.
1: Fish got to swim.
0: Birds got to
1: fly. <laughs> and uh, they repeat the drugged tea gambit. They have so many ways of drugging him. They could... Do it with a pulsator. They could. There are ways yeah. and ways and ways, and they keep going for this very very English way of, of dragging him with tea. it Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I
0: don't like tea, and I don't like needles. So so give me the pulsator. Okay. That would uh, be Chris, my preferred what method. You, what do you have against tea? What could you possibly have against tea? It's, what do you, it's, it's it? not. It's not coffee. That's that's what I don't like about it. Wow. It's not coffee, and uh, it, I associate it with throat infections. <laughs> Sore throat. Really? Yeah.
1: You've never me. had a nice, relaxing, hot cup of tea. What about I mean, iced tea? What do you stand on I, iced tea?
0: Oh, iced, iced tea's okay when I when it tastes like lemonade, you know, when okay. it's sugary so and all an sweet. Palmer. Okay. Right, yeah, sure. I like an Ar- Arnold Palmer. All right. Just, that drink is the uh, is the only nice thing I have to say about golf. But uh, yeah,
1: no, that's I, we're, we're there. I'm there with you. All right, so. He dumps out the tea again, and then he becomes this. Chris is where he becomes a mansplaining dick about how to make fucking tea. <laughs> and if you wanted, if you wanted mm-hmm. like to know how to make English tea, this is this is right. where you learn it. About where's the pot? Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah I blah, cannot blah. stand girls who don't know how to make a decent cup of tea. A lesson. Empty pot. Ready sir. Warm the pot always, rinse out, now, one for me, one for thee,
0: one for the pot, one for luck,
1: boiling water, switch off,
0: let's stand for one, one one for For me, one for thee, one for the pot, one for good luck.
1: one for good luck which I...
0: <laughs> do you think Glenn when uh, Zack Snyder reinstated the scene in his version of Justice League of uh, Alfred unable to restrain himself from telling Diana Prince Wonder Woman how to make tea do, do you think this was a, a conscious Zack Snyder nod to, if, to the prisoner
1: if it was uh, Chris Nolan I would say yes but cause yeah. you, apparently you apparently keep telling me that he's a big prisoner guy yeah. I don't think Zack Snyder's is a big prisoner guy
0: Since uh, we're a tangent-tolerant show, as Mm. we endeavor to to make clear at every opportunity. Yeah, I I mean, I I certainly had heard that that, uh, Nolan was uh, linked at one point to a presumably no longer active proposed feature version of The Prisoner. But in this obituary for for mcguin from the independent uh in in 2009 it mentions that the director most recently attached to the proposed big screen prisoner was simon west the director of con air glenn huh and a thing you probably love right you probably i i i like it okay it's all right it's all right it's not Mm -hmm. uh yeah it's 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 like middle of the pack for me Mm -hmm. um Said it would have been scripted by the usual suspect screenwriter Christopher McQuarrie. This would have been before he was, you know, Tom Cruise's full-time guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says that that McGowan's personal choice to play Number Six would have been Mel Gibson. Okay, well, I'm... Mm-hmm. fellow Catholic, fellow, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yep,
1: it's a, it's a cabal. Yep, that's <laughs> right. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> uh, Knights Templar, or something, something, something.
0: One for me, one for thee, <laughs> one for the bot, one for good luck,
1: one for good luck. She drugs the tea again, but he <laughs> totally princess brides it. He totally switches. Yes, and we should acknowledge. He's developed here. a
0: tolerance to iocane
1: powder. It's exactly what I said. Like, like this roll for eighty-six. Her number is eighty-six, right?
0: Again, with the Princess Bride references, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This, like, like, but this is the biggest part for a woman in this show. I mean, like, number two, you know, Mary Morris had a lot to say, but, like, she gets, she.
0: crap. You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Do you mean we go on three, or is it one, two, three, go,
1: Rog? I see. This is the thing when when you do or uh, rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> you do one, two, three, shoot, right? Mm-hmm. We don't. You don't mm-hmm. do one, two, three is your thing, right? One, two, three, shoot, right? We agree. That's
0: that's right. That's right. Okay. I mean, unless you are. In trying to synchronize your leap off of a toilet that's been rigged with explosives by South Africans using their diplomatic immunity to to conceal their drug smuggling operation. In your
1: defense, this is a reference you haven't made yet. That's the
0: only circumstance in which you would do one, two, jump. One, two, jump doesn't
1: make any sense. All right. This is the biggest part for a woman. Like, I mean, Mary Morris had a lot to do, (laughs) but like, she she is more a presence in this episode than even the drug administration and AB drug administrator and ABC Sheila Allen fourteen Sheila Allen. Like, she is a real person. She gets allowed to be more than the person he had like the ESP connection with the fucking bullshit ESP connection with in that in um, yeah whatever what was
0: that that was in uh, schizoid man but um, schizoid, schizoid man. for all the the fun we're having with it i do like that she's the one who gets to mansplain about the the tech shit
1: yep i like that but that's like fun but... but because she's a woman she must be brought low and this is what happens now she gets drugged and this seems i, I don't know a thing about mitol but um because it doesn't exist but well you, you don't good...
0: want to take 16 grains
1: I mean, it seems like a pretty fun party drug, right? <laughs> like you kind of just make spiders with your fingers and go. I enjoy that. Like I would, I would enjoy that. Number two sees this and throws an extra syllable or two into. Stupid woman. Stupid woman. Which <laughs> I mean, we get it, guy. Yep, we get. What side you're? Red is buttered on. But yeah, come on. no,
0: that that's just him going. No hetero. No hetero, bro. No hetero. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, he picks up the yellow phone. I can't even keep... And then gets plugged directly <laughs> into the village-wide PA system. Yep. He could have called Six's apartment. He could have sent goons. But yeah. I do have a fan theory here, which he, he doesn't want Six to realize that Six is being observed this entire time. Even though Six mm. should understand that and probably already does. So right. he wants... A kind of plausible deniability that just they were calling 86 for no reason.
0: Have have we already passed the scene where he goes back to his outdoor gym and uh, winds up like he's going to throw a punch on the bag, but then does that thing like in Royal Tenenbaums where Bill Murray raises the cookie to his lips, but then can't eat it because he's too sad and just like puts it back down.
1: We have not reached that scene yet. We have not reached that scene yet. Save it okay. for the page, Chris. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're perfectly timed to save it. <laughs> So at this point, uh, Six is walking up the path, which is clearly a path in the studio and not actually in Port Marion. There's a lot of rear projection. There's a lot of fake backdrops. This is very much an episode that was largely filmed in a studio. He meets the grinning guy before from the hospital and they have an exchange which is meant to seem sinister about like, oh, you must know that uh, we, we've been lobotomized. But like we know that they haven't gotten his teeth into him. So it's not an especially sinister moment. It's a weird way to go to an act break anyway. So he goes. He returns to his exercise course in the woods, but can't quite work up the aggression to do a pull-up. Which I, look, I I I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. No, I can't. I can. I can do a pull-up if you paid me. When he tries to but hit he, the heavy bag, he can't or won't. No, um, he
0: pulls. He like he pulls his fist back to his hip in some weird way, and and just. Uh. I, I'm too sad. Which I, I mean, even though this this does predate uh, A Clockwork Orange, the movie anyway by by a few years, that, that mm-hmm. did have me thinking about Alex and his. Um, well, it is aversion therapy, right? Negative conditioning. If he has yep. any any uh, sexual or violent impulses, he's um, mm-hmm. racked with pain and curled up in the fetal position, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yep. Then those same two stripy
1: goons show up and attack, and he because they want to get their ass whooped again. Yeah. yeah.
0: We have some unfinished business.
1: Remember number six, or perhaps he doesn't feel up to it. Too much of a social convert this time.
0: They don't even bring other goons with them. They should. They should. But uh,
1: he fights back. He holds his own. Beats them into submission. And uh, we are meant to think that's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's now violent uh-huh. again. <laughs> right. He comes across... It's uh, like that number- great
0: moment in Superman 2 where, uh, you yeah. know, having gotten his powers back, he goes back to the diner to beat the shit out of that puny human ant. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't be cheering for this. <laughs>
1: yep. Which they liked so much they picked up in Man of Steel, right? Because then they had the guy Did like... They? They did. They had like the guy like destroy his truck. Like they had. I Superman actually like that. I yeah. actually mm. see that
0: that worked for me because it was like an act of God, right? The guy comes out and his truck is in a tree, but he doesn't he mm. doesn't lay a finger on the man. He ruined his livelihood, probably. But
1: no, uh, yes, he did. He very no.
0: Much did. I I see that was one of the moments that really worked for me, and and the reaction that that guy gives when he when he shoves Cavill, and you know, of course, Cavill doesn't retaliate, but he doesn't budge either, and the guy does do his great look like. Mm, okay, <laughs> how did you not move when I put all my weight into you?
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Let us agree, Chris, to disagree. Anyway, he comes across 86, and she is going, because she is flying on, what, eight, grams of, eight grains of my tongue. <laughs> uh, full <laughs> yes. Ophelia Yes. How many, how many is... fingers
0: of digital vermouth is that, Glenn? Let's, let's <laughs> do a I... conversion I... to the American narcotic.
1: She is full Ophelia. She's picking flowers. She uh, correctly announces, "I'm higher. <laughs> what?
0: I'm higher than number two. Are you? Yep.
1: She is lying. Uh, yep. This time, the uh-huh. supervisor again uh,
0: confirmation uh, of of my interpretation of the significance or uh, utter insignificance of the numbers. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no. I'm no. sure you're going to say that that anything she says is uh, suspect. I think she's number one.
1: I think that's the only that's the only conclusion we can come to. I think she's All clearly of the number one. of my tall." She's 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 got the uh, she's got the attitude. She can be number one. I think, and in my in my book, she is number one. This time, the supervisor picks up the red phone to call eighty-six. So, mm. with the village PA system, they just picked up the yellow phone to do the same thing. Why are they picking up the red phone this time? It doesn't make any sense. Why, why, why is who is the script supervisor? Why <laughs> is there no one here saying no? The red phone is X. The yellow phone is Y. Anyway.
0: Yeah. I, is that. Uh... No, that, that that doesn't seem like that would be Mark Steen's job, right? Because he no. he wouldn't be... I mean, he just works with the writers. He's, he's not there on the set, probably. No, it's a script supervisor. It's the yeah. person
1: who's supposed to be saying, like, this is... We just established X. Yeah. Let's establish Y. Number six, C? waylays number 86 by hypnotizing her. Now, this is a weird reach. It's a flex, but I can almost allow it because she is, after all, on eight grades of life. <laughs> Hi. I'm your superior. Here are my instructions. Listen carefully. Here's if he did this out of <laughs> out of out of nowhere, like yeah. this, no. But she no. does give it up. She gives the full report. The no. jig is up.
0: Made her drink um, some love potion number nine that was intended for him. Yep. He switched the cups.
1: Switched the cups.
0: And you know she gives the full report, and so he knows exactly what's
1: going on. That it was a fake lobotomy because they're just because they're still they still value him enough they don't want to damage the tissue um but they want him to believe and this is actually pretty smart actually this is actually not a bad gambit right to make him believe that he has that his resistance is down so that to his mind his resistance is down Mm -hmm. i like this gambit um oh yeah and no, this this would this would work on me for sure <laughs> this would totally work on me are you kidding me I'd be like yep alright then all this stuff I've been putting aside and and pacing and like nope it's all gone because apparently you've told me it's all gone because of the focal uh, we have not point uh,
0: I would totally believe uh-huh. what, is, what is the location within the skull of the, the focal point then? I don't remember you probably have this <laughs> this is probably under this clip so you can I'm, probably clip I'm, it I'm, I'm, okay we'll see
1: point point Four five centimeters right point zero two
0: three centimeters down.
1: Uh, <laughs> number six, uh, sh- shows her his watch and hypnotizes her and says the green light always made him think of what? What did it make him think of?
0: Hope. Uh, Daisy. No. You know, looking across the harbor. But sorry, yeah. what, what are we talking yeah. about? <laughs> I would like it. And this, <clears throat> and over here is I'm an sorry, ash I'm sorry, goddammit. It's another <laughs> F. Scott Fitzgerald reference, everyone. I, Glenn keeps shaming me for, for bringing fix. up the Great just, Gatsby all the fucking time, and I'm, I'm yep. sorry. I am trying to expand my horizons. Just the shirts and the uh, yeah.
1: ash heaps and the uh-huh. and the green lights. That's all you ever talk about. Um, number two gets a call on the yellow phone. <sighs> That number six is on his way to see him. Doesn't make any sense. Why? 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 Why why have these different colored phones if we're not going to apply any logical reason to why somebody would be calling on one colored phone and, and, or a different and colored you,
0: phone? You can clearly discern among the colors of the phones, right? These yes, Chris. Again, yes. Thank you. Yes. Spectrum. That, okay. Thank you. Yes. So, but if we had a, like a brown phone and a red phone and a, a tan phone, then
1: if they had a brown phone and a dark red phone or a dark green phone, then we'd be in trouble. Okay. And if there was anything in the tan khaki world, right. then that would be tough. Anyway. Because
0: you're Deuter I am
1: deuteranamalous, Yes, I am. That's uh, canon. Six comes into number two's office and says he wants to make a public announcement of everything he knows. He's coming out. He wants the world to know. <laughs> he's got to let it show. <laughs> wants to announce his conversion yeah. to the entire village.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and he wants to thank the Ladies' Appeal Committee.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this should be shut down. If I was number two, I'd be like, OK, you want to give away state secrets in a, like a public address.
0: No, no, we're not going to do that. You just tell me. We're willing to do this on an eight-second delay. That's true. Please give us an advanced copy of your remarks. And, uh, but, Chris, we'll it does actually... I will give this,
1: the screenwriters this much. It makes sense because everybody in this village, you know, what are they going to do with this? information? <laughs> they're trapped. They're not going to, like... He could announce everything he knows, and it wouldn't matter because they're not going to leave this village. They're stra—they're trapped. So, like, it doesn't matter, right? Like, right?
0: Yeah. This whole conclusion is uh, a bit baffling, because, like, I, I don't quite understand how how he... Turns the tables on on number two here. I just I just didn't understand, yeah, how how he turned. I mean, number eighty six is still still high on my tall, but uh, my so toll. she's all accusatory and uh, cramp free. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Here's the thing: if this had been a Rube Goldberg device, plot wise, if this was a steel trap finally sprung, right. it was
0: a as the Chris McQuarrie scripted feature version will no doubt be. I'm sure it will,
1: because if there was any track laid for for this at all, if there was any fiendishly clever in its intricacies, anything, but it is just awfully quick, number 86 says, oh, he's on mutual, and and she's acting on Six's instructions, accuses number two of being unmutual, and there's meant to be a tension here because Six at this point gives what is, what seems to me anyway, to be an impassioned and sincere speech to the crowd where he says, he's urging them to reject Two, not because he's unmutual, who gives a fuck about unmutual, but he's saying, he's playing with your minds and keeping you from being individuals. And they react to this knowledge by behaving like sheep. I think that's an interesting tension I think if tracks had been laid for it, if it hasn't been this thing that just switched in the last 30 seconds of the fucking episode, I think that could have really felt satisfying. I think the idea of it is really smart. This idea that I, you know, it's like in Life of Brian where he says, you're all individuals. And they go, we're all individuals. (laughs) You're all different. We're all different. That's what it's playing with here, but it doesn't quite reach it. It doesn't no.
0: quite get to it. I guess there's there's kind of a, a sort of accidental symmetry with the, well, compromised ending of Dance of the Dead, where instead of having the the mob <laughs> villagers chase Number Six, uh, and then sort of forget that they're chasing him abruptly, they chase, well, someone who's meant to be Number Two, but uh, does not resemble John Sharp in build or Gate or uh, yeah, anyway, or hair. Let's just say it or hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that could have been Frank Mayer. That could have been the usual Magoon double. I really I mean. thought it
1: was. There's one point where it looks like they're chasing Six, even though Six is chasing. Yeah. is hanging back, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just... Again,
1: I think it could have worked. I think it could have worked if we had just planted more seeds for this. Because this whole idea of Unmutual, which seems to have seized the village... It can't go away after this episode if it, if it is a thing that can topple governments. <laughs> and yet it does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it three out of six. Unfulfilled potential certainly damages it. But I, I really, I, I like number 86 a lot. I like Angela yeah. Brown a yep. lot. And I'm, I'm actually with Parks. I mean, I I don't think the shortcomings of this are in the direction. I think they're in the, in the script. And maybe a little bit in, in Sharp. I mean, Sharp is one of the, I don't know, is he weaker than Colin Gordon? I think he might be. I think he is. I think I like him less than I like Colin Gordon, our two-time two from A, B, and C and the General.
1: Colin Gordon at least gets that moment where he is frustrated at, at a brilliant experiment being treated like a military exercise. He gets a layer right. that other twos often do not get. Um mm-hmm. I am going to give this a four out of six because I really like the tension that it uh, espouses, even if it doesn't realize it. Because, again, I am not a fan of episodes. And this is probably the the episode where his fellow villagers are treated like sheep as unthinking. But I do think it's important that that final speech he's giving is not just, oh, he's unmutual. Kill him. He is trying to reach them. He is trying to... Get them to reject the entire infrastructure of the village, not just this number two. He's trying to get them to appreciate that their minds have been played with, and this is why I like it a lot more than I did when I saw it as a kid. Because oh, at first I okay. just thought everybody else was everybody else was like sheep, mindless, and yeah. and he's a special, sterling individual. These are my least favorite episodes of this show, where he is like this mm-hmm. Randian Superman, and uh, here he is that. But there is a tension that could have been realized if, again, you're right, the script is kind of letting this down because it is not planting the seeds that it
0: needs to. Yeah, I wish I had had time to watch the, the Blu-ray with that Parks commentary track. I would have, would have liked to have heard that. Uh, even, even so, even as I'm giving this uh, 3 out of 6, which is the same grade I gave the general because I'm a, I'm a soft... Soft grader, I'm You a, like you like yeah, them uh, silver punch cards. I I do, but I also really really like Number Six's rural home gym, and I appreciated the chance yeah. to see it again to uh, appreciate his gymnastics routine straight into the heavy bag. Um, <laughs> I missed the I missed the bag kicking move from the, yeah, the yeah, bars. Yeah. I guess you know, you know that was the money shot that we we only got in whatever the the prior time we saw this was. I mean,
1: Chris, the twenty twenty one version of the village must have a CrossFit. It must. It clearly does. He won't have to a, a go box. to the village. Won't, won't have to yeah. go to the forest. He, it, there is probably a, a spin cycle. There's probably oh, it's, it's probably it's a, a soul whole cycle. Yeah. There's a soul cycle. Obviously there. Yeah. He it's goes to the box thing. and
0: he's he's working on his PRs and instead you know. of buying going to the village
1: shop to buy a cuckoo clock, you just go and you. <laughs> You get your smoothie yeah. <laughs> it's like, with your... Uh,
0: I need a small notebook and a cuckoo clock it's, and it's a probiotic. large truck tire and a sledgehammer because <laughs> I'm going to work
1: out. Okay. Yep. I want a probiotic, macrobiotic <laughs> smoothie and a tally-ho. hook.
0: Okay. right, Glenn. So, so next, I need to request, humbly request, that you do not forsake me. Oh, my darling. Because... All right. uh, because I'm, I'm needed in Los Angeles, it turns out. I know that, that we are deep in production of a, a series that is really my baby, my brainchild, my, yep. my circus oh, yeah. maximus. But I've decided I'm going to gonna fuck off to L.A. for a month to uh, be in a movie with Jim Brown and Ernest Borgnine. So um, do what you can without me. And when I get back, I will hate it.
1: Uh, I, will, I will hire some Brian Dennehy lookalike <laughs> to, to come in and do your part. Uh, in a heartbeat, yes, yes. All right. Um, I,
0: I think you're projecting the Denahesian onto Nigel's stock.
1: I don't know about that. But we'll see. Yes, and every time I hear the title, I think it's the Western one, because that is like a very Western-like mm-hmm. title, but it's not. It's the one where yeah. McGowan peaced out and went went to L.A. to film Ice Station Zedbra. Yes. And uh, so they got a, a guy to play him uh, for most of the episode. So I'm not looking right. forward to it next week, Chris, because I like Magoo and I like I like his weird riffs. I like his weird. Of inflection. course.
0: And, and there would be a lot less confusion over which episode that title denotes had it kept its original title, Glenn, which is Face Unknown.
1: OK, right. All right. That's.
0: But they decided they wanted to uh, use that for an A-Team prequel. So they <laughs> had to hold it back.
1: Right, right, right.
0: I'm sorry everyone. I just I realize I can't stop talking about the A team. I refer to it on every goddamn episode <laughs> and I I am again I mean, I'm, it's I'm in I'm the trying wheelhouse. To... You'll agree it's in the wheelhouse. Chris. <laughs> it's
1: the same wheelhouse. It's a big wheelhouse, but it's a wheelhouse.
0: I do like to manufacture uh, some some kind of like home-built armored personnel carrier or whatever uh, Forty-one minutes into every one-hour uh, increment right. of it, and
1: you're, life. you're famously um, a fond of when plans come together. That's, that's your thing. That's your whole thing. I, I love it, actually. Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes me want to smoke. Often, when there are fools, I don't. I, I don't know what, what I'd say you do with them, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel a certain sympathy for the fools, Glenn. You you, 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 I you empathize say, with the fools. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can open my heart enough to um, place myself in their shoes, and I, and I find a measure of mercy. For the fool, when I when I contemplate the the place of the fool, and <laughs> Murdoch was crazy. Also, that was a thing. I don't know, right? Something about breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, of course, of
1: course. There was a cat. He was gay in the novel, gay in the short story, completely straight
0: in the. Good. All right. Congratulations, my friend, for staying fully on message in this episode, (laughs) despite abundant technical imperfections and interruptions. Uh Uh The tea is going out, but the interruption is staying right here with me. I'm sorry, everyone. I just I can't stop referring to Phantom Thread on this show. I just do. You know, I have a there's a certain type of film that I've just been drawn to my entire life and uh the the combination of pt anderson and daniel day lewis i just can you blame me can you blame me really for having to refer to them in every every episode i can't blame myself
1: no jury in the world
0: except, <laughs> except you know mine yes <laughs> I like my asparagus with salt and olive oil and not okay i need to i need to see phantom Thread again clearly but, uh, yes, yes yes all right buddy well right, do not no. forsake me glenn and uh you know be seeing you
1: be seeing you <laughs>
0: all right. Bye-bye. The Degree Absolute was conceived by Glenn Weldon and is produced by me, Chris Klemmick. I wrote our goofy theme song, which was then arranged and beautifully performed by my dear friend Casey Aaron Clark, singing and playing keyboards, and her brother Jonathan Clark on guitar and percussion with Marcus Newstead on the bass. Check out Casey at CaseyAaronClark.com and or VitalVoiceTraining.com. Jonathan's band Daybringer is on Bandcamp. You can find them there. Write to the Citizens Advice Bureau at adegreeabsolute at gmail. You can tweet us at notanumberpod. Rate, review, and subscribe to our show on Apple or Stitcher or whatever platform you use to hear it. Glenn is very interested in trying to monetize this project, and I'm down with that. But I keep telling him, like, you can't go to prospective sponsors sounding desperate. This is a Mayday call. This is a
1: Mayday call. Any station receiving come in please. It's, it's not gonna work.
0: It's no degree partial. It's a degree absolute. absolute. I think we need hey. to
1: clap again. Okay, we need to clap again. Okay. Yep. Ready? Three. A two. One. all right okay so we
0: started a podcast not a band glenn it's fine (laughs)